Iowa everywhere. Success Farming is all about precision and efficiency, ensuring every seed, every drop of water, every nutrient and treatment counts. TerraPlex Ag is helping farmers all over Iowa and the Midwest do just that. With precision ag-grown technology and support from TerraPlex, you'll boost your productivity and make timely and informed decisions, all while reducing your costs and increasing your profit. It's time to revolutionize your farming. Harvest the benefits with TerraPlex Ag. Visit TerraPlexAg.com. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Skull! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go, Blue! Here we go, primetime football, Texans, Dolphins, let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport, every team, every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. This is Wednesday, January 3rd, I think. Think it's been a That's long correct. week. I'm Jake Brend with Local Five Sports, joined as always by Nick Oson with 24/7 Sports. Nick, it's been a while since we we've done this. We had a the week off last week, so it was before Christmas last show we had. How are you doing, my friend? How are the holidays? Jake, it's great to be back, man. Happy New Year. The holidays were honestly awesome. You know, as usual. They went by too quickly, specifically Christmas did, but I was able to get some great family time, got a couple of our movies in, which, by the way, I, I think I beat you by about you one did. vote on Congrats. that track. Uh-oh. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was awesome. And, yeah, great to be back, man. What about you? Yeah, it was, it was good. I can't even lie. Christmas feels like a month ago. It was, it was quite the week, man. It was, it was a good week, but, man, it was – it was draining before we'll talk about a little bit of my double bowl trip. Um, and we'll talk college football playoff, but here is what's going to be on the program today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Liberty bowl specifically, but it was five, six days ago at this point. So we're going to focus more kind of on a big picture. Iowa state football season. Look back big 12 basketball gets underway this weekend. We're going to do a, basketball conference season preview and then we'll we'll get into OU 
a little bit and we'll uh we'll give our predictions for that of course we want to thank heartland flags steeple ridge bourbon and channel seeds man what what a week it was i was i was telling you guys off air i averaged five and a half hours of sleep the last i don't know whatever you've been all over the country it seems like yeah we we flew out to memphis last wednesday morning so dating back from from tuesday night to monday night it was a five and a half hour sleep a night but man it was worth it it was there's a lot of memories and both games were were pretty brutal in different respects but uh everything leading up to those games was really fun the travel i mean you know you know how travel is it's it's brutal but our friend uh our friend scott doctorman legends and listeners the athletic i don't know if you saw he missed his flight but dude that that orlando airport security was no joke well, you guys were tweeting back and forth, right? I, I think I did see that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so the the only difference between us was our flights were, I think, an hour apart. So we got there we got there quite a bit early just because we'd been warned already on on the long lines, but it took us two hours to get through security. It was it was wild. But uh that morning was rough because I think we left our hotel at like 5:45. I had a I had a 5 a.m. alarm set, and it was the college football playoff the night before, and Texas Washington Eastern time ended, I think at 1:15. So there's no way I was ever gonna miss any college football playoff game, just so I could be well rested for a flight. And man, those two games were unbelievable. And now that's that's two years in a row where we've actually gotten two watchable semifinal games. Because every year leading up to that, there's typically one really good one and one just slaughterhouse, one horrible game. Because last year was what TCU, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, and Georgia, Ohio State was a classic. This year yeah. we got two classics, like two just <laughs> awesome games. And last year the the national championship was of course a snooze fest. So let's see if Monday we can have another classic and go three for three for the first time. But man, those two games were. I think it'll be awesome. a good one. Yeah, I, uh, you know, so I didn't get to see as much as I, I normally would just to a little bit of travel and some work stuff for that first game. But Texas, Washington, I, I don't think I really missed a play. That was incredible. I saw some of the numbers from these games, really impressive. And now, Jake, I've got a hard time not seeing this final game be a really good one. I saw that the spread open Michigan, I think five and a half point favorites. Now it's down to like four and a half. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it ends in that four to five range. I think that while Michigan has obviously had a terrific season, both teams have, and, you know, some comparable wins. I just think when you've got a quarterback like Penix Jr. that Washington does, it's hard to imagine them getting too far behind just with what he can do. I thought the old line looked pretty good. Weapons, obviously incredible wideouts. So, do you, do you really have a rooting interest in this one or just kind of want a good game? 
Yeah, I'm I'm firmly in the in just the good game camp. Um yeah, I I don't really have any rooting interest at all. I it, it'd be cool to see a non blue blood program like Washington win one and, and probably move up into that into that category, but I also would love the chaos of, of Michigan winning it and having it potentially get revoked in five or 10 years or however long it's going to take to get to the, the conclusion of this, um, of this spying scandal. So I, I'm pumped, no sec team and just, I think a pretty good matchup on paper too. And I'll be, I'll be locked in, but this will lead into our, our state conversation. Eventually I promise. Is this the best year of college football in the playoff era? Man, it, it has to be up there. I, I think that one of those first two years, it might have been that first year, just with kind of the excitement of the first uh, playoff and kind of some of the, the new teams obviously featured. I think it was a pretty good first half of the title game, if I remember, too. I think that was Ohio State-Oregon. Sorry, I'm not talking just like semis and final, just like – as a everything whole? all together because honestly the the first year is what came to my mind as what would be the rival because you had the tcu baylor ohio state controversy and then baylor or not baylor ohio state of course went on to win it all this was the first year i feel like since then where there's a legit case to be made for two teams being left out and you can put yourself back in late November, early December, there was legitimately seven or eight teams in contention for the playoff, which there was a couple of years where it was just, Oh yeah, it's Alabama. It's Clemson, Ohio state and Oklahoma. And there's no debate. And that was just boring. It wasn't theater. And this year, man, there was, there was drama and there was a lot of just classic games. So I, I think that this has been my personal favorite year of college football since um, since they expanded to four teams, but you could definitely make a case for that first year. Yeah, I think for a couple reasons. I think I would say it would have been that first or second year with the, the playoff excitement, like you mentioned, as well as just there were some really incredible uh, kind of stats and performances from the Badgers. You know, I was obviously still a student there, so – That'd be up there, some crazy Heisman winners, but really, really kind of uh, exciting, unpredictable at times has been this year. And next year comes the 12-team playoff. And if you've got a big enough living room, I don't know, maybe you could fit 12 different Heartland flags in there. (laughs) You can go down to our friends at heartlandflags.com or in-store, 3719 Southwest 9th Street. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. I'd recommend this time of year, if you buy a flag, hang it up in your house, let the brutal winter pass, and then once spring rolls around, fly those flags outside high and proud. We mentioned the 12-team playoff. Iowa State wouldn't have been a, a contender for that this year, but I think it's... Fair to say that Iowa State is one of the four to six 
teams in the Big 12 next year that I think can compete for that single playoff spot. But before we get to that, we we obviously have to look back at what this past season won. I Iowa State finishes the season seven and six with a frankly really disappointing 36-26 loss to Memphis. That game was I feel like I expected more just uh, going into it. But then as I look back. You were back, pretty confident, right? In, in like a comfortable yeah, win, I think. Yeah, I think I picked a two-touchdown win. Um, but as I look back, it was kind of a perfect storm. You get this this Memphis team that we talked 12-team playoff contenders. I think Memphis is a legit contender for next year to make it as that group of five team with how much they bring back, they've got some legit NFL weapons. And then uh, the the quarterback Hennigan is he's a stud. He, so he can play. I, I think I, I underestimated obviously Memphis just as a team, but I underestimated the same thing that, or the same reason I felt so confident about Iowa state was kind of this springboard into next year. I underestimated probably the same exact effect that Memphis would have. Combine all of that with playing in your home stadium and the new coach theory on the defensive side of the ball, which is like it's the oldest betting trick in the book. You just you always take the points with the new coach theory. Um, I was dead wrong on this game, but for me, it doesn't change my thoughts on Iowa State's season no matter what way you shape it coming out of that ohio game if you tell me if you tell anybody seven and six that is 100 percent a successful season and even before the year i think most people most fans would would have signed up for six wins yeah so you know as we're kind of reflecting i think that's super fair jake i'll touch on the bowl game first i was able to watch a little bit actually a good chunk of that you know we texted a little bit while i was doing some work i was impressed with memphis's offense i do think it took a little bit for iowa states really kind of get into things i still have very uh kind of very high impressions and was impressed with Rocco back, obviously, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that. But he looked really good for the most part in that game. I do feel, though, that, you know, obviously having been around that team for a year or two, you'll look forward, you'll look ahead positively, and you'll take seven wins. But I think it really would have been a nice kind of cherry on top to win a game like that, comfortably or not. I think that kind of that comeback story, as they did make things a little closer in that second quarter, would have been kind of the perfect icing on the cake for that season. Yeah, it was just... It was another game where the staff, I think, went in expecting to dominate on the front lines and just they weren't weren't able to, and I know I'm not. This has been the analysis pretty much cohesively out of everyone, so I'm not breaking ground here, but... You think back to the KU game, if they would have come out not trying to just run the ball first down every time 
in that first quarter, how different's the game. And it's the same story here in the Liberty Bowl, but as soon as the as soon as they have that 70-yard touchdown and then turnover on downs touchdown, that's a that's a really tough hole to climb out of, but like we said, I really don't think it changes. Um, it, I don't think it changes how this season will be perceived, but yeah. it's definitely a sour taste in the mouth. And that, that leads me into my next point as we talk about the bowl game. And this is more just kind of a reflection of, of the season as a whole. I was thinking about this on my on my flight from Memphis to Orlando. Is it wrong to feel better about the future of the Iowa State offense than the defense? Or maybe it might be phrased better. Is it wrong to feel worse about the future of the Iowa State defense than the Iowa State offense? So first off, definitely not wrong or anything because it's it's how you feel. And there's a lot of reason uh, to, I think, be excited about that offense. Now, is this more because you're so excited about what can be back offensively? Or were you just a little more disappointed with kind of the defense the last five or six games, would you say? So it's definitely both. The offense from the Oklahoma State game to now, just immense development. And especially the offensive line. I know they looked just really, really bad in Memphis, but their growth from from game one to game 13, uh, that's tremendous, and I think it will carry into the offseason, and there will be a similar growth next year. And, of course, the the Rocco part of it, I don't really think anybody saw that coming. So you had this huge question mark at quarterback coming into this season, and you just don't next year. But I do think that more of this comes from a place of concern for the defense. Okay. And a lot of that is the 335 is no longer something that's unique to Iowa State. It's far more prevalent throughout college football. And Iowa State's no longer the no longer the masters of it like like they were from pretty much 2017 to 2020. And we just saw that this year they weren't able to dominate on the defensive line like they did for so long. And as long as they're not able to do that, I think the defense is kind of capped out at a middle of the pack in the conference defense. Whereas when they won the Fiesta Bowl, they were the best defense in the conference that year. So that's kind of where that comes from. But like I've said a million times on this program, you just trust John Haycock to figure it out. I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb for this Iowa State football team for the last seven years. Yeah, I think that's all super fair. I would say, you know, I think it's more so just to me coming from how you feel the excitement for that offense, I think is kind of where I would lean in kind of that initial feeling because you know, I saw some tweets out there and I was trying to like think is, is that legit? Is that correct? But 
I'm pretty sure they can return like 10 or 11 starters offensively, which you just don't see. Like, you don't see it in college basketball, definitely not college football. Like, I mean, it just happens. People are in different years, transfer portal, NFL, like everything like that. So I think that's quite impressive. And then I, I know you're going to touch on this shortly, but I'll, I'll just briefly mention it. Then you're getting into a season, at least offensively, where there are some pretty high expectations to be a really good unit in the entire conference. Yeah, and that leads exactly into what I wanted to talk about next. And it's just, will next year finally be the year under Matt Campbell where Iowa State can live up to expectations? Because for the most part, if you look at the at the Campbell era from a distance, almost every season has has been the same. With 2020 being you win three more games and 2022 you only win four games. Other than that, pretty much every single season has been seven wins or eight wins, obviously throughout the first year. But if you look at it a little closer compared to expectations, the seven-win season in 21, immense disappointment. Just a total disaster of a season. I think if you would have gone into that year, what's worst-case scenario? Seven and six is probably worst-case scenario. And it was every bit of that in the moment. 2019, the year they lost in the Camping World Bowl, I believe they went eight and five that season, got throttled by Notre Dame, got beat really bad in Manhattan, and only had really one signature win that year, and that was a bad Texas team. I would call that year disappointing. But 2020, not like... No expectations, but it was weird because of the COVID season where they shot up to number five in the country or number six in the country. This season, of course, expectations were the lowest they'd been in the program in a decade, and they shot back up after that Ohio loss and and made a bowl game and, and had a really good season. So I guess what I'm getting at it with this is a lot of Matt Campbell's signature coaching jobs have come when there's doubts, when there's not a lot of expectations, when there's a hurdle to climb. And the years where they return a lot, where on paper it's like, oh my gosh, they could win nine, ten games, and then they end up winning seven. That's my concern for next year, and that's why I've just got to see it happen. And that is nothing, like no player that's on the field now really was on the field back in 21 for the most part. So it th- there are parallels to it, but it's obviously a new team. And honestly, a, probably a half turned over staff. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're going to get to some basketball, but there will always be hoops as we kind of progress a little bit. So I'll ask you this, because this wouldn't make a ton of sense in a few weeks. As a fan, Jake, what would you maybe be happy with seeing next year? What would be like deemed a successful season as of now, if things kind of 
turn out and shake out uh, as you kind of expect with the roster. Yeah, I mean, they the way the schedule turned out is pretty favorable. And I'm not going to get into too much of this. We'll do this in August. But um, it's it's shaped up to be a Big 12 title appearance type team. And that's obviously, that's the that's the ceiling of what next year could be. And I would say a successful season would be in that probably eight to nine win range. But again, well, that's so far down the road, but what what I don't want to see is the road loss to Texas tech, the road loss to West Virginia, the embarrassment to Iowa, the, everything that transpired on that 21 team. I just don't think that would sit well with Iowa state fans. Yeah. And, you know, I think definitely worth mentioning as we've kind of touched on some things for this year and some reflection, everything all good up in there, up there in Madison. (laughs) I was hoping you couldn't hear that even with my earbuds here. Yeah. There's a, looks to be a fire somewhere, but not by us. (laughs) we're all good thanks for making sure um definitely can't move on without you know saying uh good luck and heck of a career to tj tampa obviously heading to the next level and you know definitely could have been very helpful on some of those long plays in the bowl game but i think we expected that no blame whatsoever an injury at that position especially after the time he's put in would have been a really bad thing. I, I kind of project him as, you know, probably I think he'll be early to mid second round guy and likely a starting corner for five plus years in the NFL. Yeah, that that guy had a tremendous career and he didn't know Iowa State anything. So I, I did not blame him at all for sitting out the bowl game. But yeah, he'll uh, he'll have the opportunity to be a to be a riser on on draft day, but either way, first, second, third round, that guy's going to see the field. Oh yeah. Wherever he ends up. So that will most likely put a bow on football talk for the 2023 season. I'm sure more will come up, but man, it, it was fun looking back, but uh, let's move on to some hoops where the real season is finally starting. Gosh. It's been so long since they've played a team with a pulse. It is just... It, it's kind of nice. Tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> it's it's kind of nice from a media perspective because so engulfed with the bull trips, wanting to spend time with the family on, on holidays, but man, from a hoops fan perspective i'm so sick of watching them play sam houston state tech or whoever they play oh my gosh so finally big 12 season is here iowa state travels to oklahoma this saturday five o'clock or maybe six i can't remember five or six o'clock central on espn plus we'll 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 give our predictions for that game um, after this next segment, but we're going to do a little bit of a big 12 basketball season prediction as a whole. Well, 
We'll talk expectations for Iowa State. Conference winner as a whole. Conference player of the year. And then let's do three bold predictions. And this, of course, let's let's thank our friends from Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Speaking of bold, Steeple Ridge is a bold bourbon. I got this. C-Dub just handed me this new bottle, this Iowa Everywhere bottle from Lonely Oak Distillery. I'm going to I'm going to dive into that maybe maybe in a week or so. I Let him know to send one up to me, I guess. I'll yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be looking for it later this week. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll let him know, but uh get your Steeple Ridge bourbon at your favorite liquor store, grocery store, and if they don't have it, get it in their face and tell them to get it immediately because they're missing out, missing out on good revenue. Um man, Big 12 basketball. I can't believe it's here. I'm so excited. It's, uh, again, easily the best conference in the sport. Not even close. And just every week, you're going to have one or two premier matchups. And we've even got one next week. Houston coming up to Ames on Tuesday. That's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Is that already just this upcoming Tuesday? Yep. Wow. Yep. So... Let's talk Iowa State. What do you expect out of Iowa State in Big 12 play? Yeah, I guess I'll say first off, and this is kind of with respect to what you said about the schedule and had said about the non-con schedule. Iowa State, they don't have to win the league or anything like that, but they've definitely got to find success. And to me, I think very likely have at least a 500 or so record to be kind of uh, firmly and comfortably in, which we certainly expect and have projected. See, I, I would, I think seven wins in conference play. You're I think if they go 500, they're probably a five seed. I'll say, I'll say eight. I think, yeah, eight, that'll get them to 19 or so. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with that, not because the Big 12 isn't super good, just because, as you've kind of mentioned, uh, kind of some of the easier opponents in non-con. But either way, I don't think they're going to have to worry about that at all because I've got Iowa State. I put a different number in the rundown, but I actually am going to go a little higher. I think that they could finish top five in the big 12. And so that's what I'm, I'm going to say because Hassan Ward came back now, statistically, he's not going to change the team, but I think what he does just in the painted area, really on both ends of the floor, I think is a massive impact. I think they've got that really good trustworthy guard play that we've talked about. I feel like since September, mid October, And I think the depth is starting to get there and starting to be kind of what we've expected, even if it's different players than we maybe thought. That's why, though the Big 12 is terrific again, I've got them around that five range. Yeah, I'm. that's actually the number I had in my head, too. I was going fifth or sixth. I think there's going to be maybe more so than years past clear tiers in the big 12. Um, I felt like last year it was just kind of Kansas and then seven really good teams and then kind of everybody else. Whereas 
this year, I feel like you can put KU and Houston in their own tier. And then you've kind of got the BYUs, the Baylors, maybe the Oklahomas, and then the Iowa State's in a different... Iowa State's probably in that third tier with the Texas and TCU. and So I feel like there's going to be less parity, which I think will be good for Iowa State because there are games on your schedule that you just cannot lose. And that really hasn't been the case the last few years. Like there's no way you should lose to Oklahoma state, K state, West Virginia. You should win all of those games, no matter what at home. And you should win them nine times out of 10 on the road, just with where those programs are right now and how those teams are. For for me with Iowa state, we still haven't seen them beat a surefire tournament team. T- or not TCU, VCU, most likely in. Um, I'm trying to remember if they beat any other Power 5 teams. No, they didn't. Iowa. Nah, Power 5. <laughs> <laughs> I guess DePaul. Yeah, DePaul's probably their second best win. No, I'm kidding. I I was still their second best win, DePaul. But like, when they're showing on the bracketology show, like key wins, you're not throwing VCU Iowa DePaul on there. So that you're right, they're going to need to pick up. Yeah, that was kind of yeah why I said that. Yeah. But as we've talked, the analytics are broken because Iowa State's so high on the net. Where it, I guess for me where I would agree with you is from a fundamental standpoint, like if Iowa state went seven and 11 and big 12 play, I, I would think because of how poor of a non-con they had that they would probably be in the playing range. And that's where I think they should be. But with how the current analytics are, I don't think that's how it would be. I think if, if Iowa state won seven games, I think they'd probably be an eight seed, eight or nine seed. And, and that just goes to show kind of the loophole that's in the net rankings and then just absolutely just throttling these horrible teams. Well, let, let me be clear real quick, Jake, before we get into more of the kind of fun Big 12 stuff, because, you know, you had said a couple of minutes ago you disagreed with me. And let's make sure people know, you know, our great producer knows the fans back there know. I picked this to be a Sweet 16 team. So that was not, I don't think this is a tournament team. I'm not sure if it'll get there. I mean, I've gotten even more into kind of some of that uh, studying stuff since since I moved over here and have just been looking at some of the fun bracket stuff. And I, I'm pretty confident that, yeah, I think they're going to need eight, but I do think they'll get it. It wouldn't shock me at all if they go nine and nine and you see them on like the five or six line. Yeah. Because then you've got that clean around 20 wins and then, okay, get into big 12 tournament, win at least a game. You know what I mean? So it's just more of a comfort thing because yeah, if they, if they got seven with their best kind of non-con being, as you say, VCU to me that you're going to look more as like a, a 10 or 11, because that's what we saw my first year on the beat too, when they did have some great non-con wins. Totally. So I want to start for Iowa State. Let's talk about this first stretch 
in conference play. Because this is, without a doubt, the most important part, I think, of the season is just kind of treading water. So you start at number o- number 11, Oklahoma. Home, number three, Houston. Oklahoma State, absolute must win. You cannot afford to lose that game with what you have before and after that. Then it's at number 12, BYU, at TCU. One and four is, I mean, if you're going off of Vegas, Iowa State has, or Vegas has Iowa State one and four in that stretch. Wow. Because I didn't know you can see that stuff already. Okay. No, you can't see it. But just Iowa State won't be favored at OU. Okay. So you just won't going be favored on the at BYU okay. at TCU. And they probably won't be favored at home against Houston. They so, won't, but I, I think they'll, yeah, you go on. I got to pick though. Yeah, so I personally think they will come out of that stretch two and three one way or another. And that's probably just you do that, you're treading water. Anything other than anything better than that, that's setting yourself up really nicely to be in that top part of the conference. One and four, not a disaster, not great. Oh and five, of course, would be a total disaster and you're you're worrying for tournament hopes at that point but that is just what the big 12 is going to be this year (laughs) it's just brutal so what let's say you you got two win where's that second win we know one of them i think it's houston i i really do think it's and it's houston's going to be the number one team in ken palm come next Tuesday most likely I think they're yeah they're third right now in the AP poll so I'm not just picking that off oh it's Hilton I I just think that we've already talked about this this Iowa State basketball team I think is going to be really good at Hilton really hard to beat and you just look at the schedules for even the Houston's and Kansas of the world they're not going 16 and two. There's going to have to be losses on those schedules. So I'm screw it. Well, we'll jump to one of my bold predictions. I think Iowa State's going to go undefeated at Hilton, and I think they're only going to win one road game. And I don't know what road game that is. So that would put them at 10 win, but one and eight on the road. That is my prediction. Nine and0 at home. Yeah, a rare, you know, we, we don't disagree too often. I love the bold prediction, by the way, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. I actually, so I can't see a one and four start. Uh, I think that Iowa State actually wins in Norman. I know it's been a tough place for sure. Kind of a, a little bit of house of horrors. Not, I don't know. You, you've said it. I wouldn't go maybe quite that far, but I think they can win that. Man, I haven't, I haven't probably followed quite as much as you, but. That Houston team is tough. I, I think personally that they win in Norman and then I could see them beating KU at the end of the month. That's kind of what I uh, what I think. But, yeah, they've got some really good potential. And Hilton, I mean, you know that the fans have already been showing up for everything this year. Oh, totally. Yeah, it, there's not going to be students there, but it's already sold out. It'll be full. And I know Aiden knows this. 
sometimes those over the Christmas atmospheres without the students can be even better. Cause we went, what Aiden, did we go when Baylor was number one, New Year's day? Yeah. Yeah. We went together Mm -hmm. and that was a really good atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause sometimes you get, you know, those seats get taken pretty quickly Mm -hmm. for, uh, uh, I don't know who they get offered up to. I think it's just like anyone can get them or maybe it's donors. Yeah. I think it's GA. um, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it sucks because they're only not as amped up as the students, but they'll still fill it up as if the students were there. Yeah. And when there's a top 25 team in Hilton, it doesn't really matter who's there. It's going to be a juiced up atmosphere, but uh, I'm not too interested in going like game by game through this. I just, I think Iowa state will be in that nine, 10, 11 win range. And then that will have them finish anywhere from, I don't know, fourth to sixth or seventh. And that, I, I think that's kind of where we were before the season. And now we're at the, yeah, I think they were picked seventh or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, now we're halfway through that and I, I'm going to stand firm in that. So I'm going to guess neither of us go outside of the top two Houston or KU in this, but who do you think wins the league? Yeah. As of today, I, I don't love it, but I, I do still say Kansas. I, I, I thought that they were in some trouble. That would have been, I think mid to late November, I was having some, yeah, they got killed know, by Marquette. Yeah. Some doubts, skeptical thoughts, but you know, obviously we knew Bill Self would probably figure things out. I just feel that even though it's maybe not the deepest KU team, I mean, the, Ion Talon is there. I do think McCuller took another jump from kind of going through the NBA draft process, things like that. And like you mentioned, nobody's going 17 and one, probably not 16 and two. So even with three, maybe four losses, I, I would stick with Kansas. I need to see a little bit more from Houston in this uh, conference. Yeah. So my, my prediction, I'm going to pick KU and what, has seemingly happened every year in the last, I don't know, feels like it's been the last three years. KU will hit this mid-January, mid-February skid, and you can get them at like four to one to win the conference. So keep your eyes out for that. It's boring analysis, but I, it's just my rule of thumb to not pick against Bill Self. I think there's going to come a point KU might start six and three or something like that, or they might be two and two to start the year. And everyone's going to be like, Oh my gosh, is, is Kansas all right? And then they will rattle off. They'll go win at Texas. They'll go win at BYU by 15. And you'll be like, Oh yeah, it's Kansas. But that's also, not to say that Kansas hasn't been taken down in the Big 12 because Baylor for three years was was the class of the league. So Houston certainly can come in and do it, but I just don't think that Houston... I mean, I know that Houston hasn't played this caliber of schedule yet. So I think they can go punch for punch with KU, but it's different being a new team 
doing it night in, night out when like an off day is going to be considered a home game against K-State, which would be a pretty dang good team in the American in years past. So it's a step up in competition, and that leads in. I think McCullers, the conference player of the year, Bill Self's done it again. Really athletic wing, just turns into a dynamic score, really fun player to watch. It's been been Ochai Baji, then Jalen Wilson, now it's McCuller that he's got the formula down. And then you add in Dickinson this year, who I think will be okay in Big Twelve play, but uh, it's a it's a different type of league being a big man compared to the Big Ten. Definitely, yeah. I was smiling there for those that are just listening because we we don't necessarily run everything by each other, so we try to have some different things. But I'm bummed. We have the same answers for yeah, that aspect. It- I wouldn't be. I'll say this. I wouldn't be shocked if if Dickinson is like you know first team and at least top three for that because he's still a really good post player. And though I totally agree with you that it's different in this conference, I think he's just good enough and and self is good enough to scheme around him uh, and kind of feature him. That it, that wouldn't shock me at all. This dude probably won't win it this pick, but. Jacoby Walter has impressed me a yeah, lot. He's been really um, good. Houston, yeah. I, I'm with you for the most part, Jake. I, I think, yeah, this this conference always has some dudes, whether it's great players or, or the great coaches like you mentioned. Uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, uh, another heck of a year in that conference, Jake. I wonder if you can get a future on Conrad. It's a sleeper. It's a sleeper pick for conference player of the year. I mean – how do you define value? You could argue that Conrad's just as valuable as any other player in the conference for what hey, he adds to the locker room. I know that on first team. Gilbert, Gilbert could be all first team. We'll see. Yeah, but. let's talk about that. So I'm not going to come out and say that Iowa State will have a first team all Big 12 player. But if they do, who would you say is the most likely? Is it Gilbert for you? I was trying to think of the the other point guards around the league to see if I'd put Lipsy. I mean, Lipsy and Dewan Harris Jr. are very similar players. As I think as I'd just... still go for Sean Gilbert. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I'd go Lipsy just because I think that he's the single most important player to what Iowa State does. True. And... I feel like he's more consistent than Gilbert, but Gilbert will have just those nights like we saw against Iowa or even a couple days ago, his triple-double. But, uh, yeah, I'd go Lipsy, but I wouldn't count out Momchilovic either if he just continues to quietly average 15 a game and, I don't know, he's the third leading forward in the league that or third leading scoring forward in the league and... He sends up up there, but uh, yeah, I'd probably go Lipsy on that one. Yeah, so, his floor is just so high every game. So I already touched on one of my bold predictions. Oh, I've got four. My bad. I can't count. 
I've got four different bold predictions, so I'll just go through these quick. We already talked yeah. about Kansas. I think they'll win the Big 12, but my bold prediction for the Jayhawks is that they will have the conference clinched before they close the year at Houston in the final game of the year. I think a lot of people, me included, are hoping that this game will be winner takes Big 12 regular season crown. I think Kansas will be up two games going in, going into it and will. Uh, it won't mean as much, unfortunately. My second bold prediction Texas will have a six-game losing streak from January 20th to February 6th. Listen to this stretch. Baylor at home, at OU, at BYU, Houston at home, at TCU, at home against Iowa State. That is brutal. That's probably the toughest stretch any team will see all year. Yeah. And that's not even including the times that they'll play Kansas. That's crazy. And you already know my my thoughts on on Gus Fring as their head coach. But uh I don't I don't think he's a great coach. But we'll we'll talk that Texas week in a in a month or so. And then my final bold prediction, I think ten teams will make the tournament. Everyone but Central Florida, K-State, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. I think Cincinnati will obviously be probably the the fringiest team out of all of them and could be in a play-in type game. But I think the Big 12 is really good. But I also wouldn't be shocked that if it's it's more top-heavy this year and it results in less teams making it. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, dude, those are... Those are pretty well thought out. That Texas stretch is insane. I, I think I've got nine teams making it. My two, uh, one, I would not have said this month, month and a half ago. I think BYU establishes themselves as a pretty legitimate threat in this conference. Not saying they're going to be a perennial power or anything like that, but just this year, next couple of years, whatever that may look like. And then the second one, we did get into it a little bit. <clears throat> Iowa State has, I'll say, one player on the first team and, yeah, two all-Big 12 players at least with the first team player being Kashan Gilbert. And I do think Milan makes one of those teams as well, of course, in addition to the all-newcomer team. Awesome. That's uh, that's our Big 12 basketball prediction. Well, let's just do game predictions for OU. Um I've got some bullets on them that I'll I'll really just run through. So they've got a lot of power five wins, but they're all kind of odd. Their best wins Providence by almost 20 points, but they beat Iowa, USC, Arkansas. The time of the year they beat USC was when they were really reeling. Arkansas is down this year, and we've already talked about Iowa and their in their struggles. Their loss at home by UNC pretty much dominated thoroughly all 40 minutes. Um, good defensive team, 15th on Ken Palm and they're, they're not too highly ranked on offense. They're higher ranked than Iowa state is, but they're very efficient and a good offensive rebounding team. I'm predicting a loss. This has been a very just sleepy destination to play. Their atmosphere for basketball sucks. It's embarrassing and it's frankly pathetic. And 
I mean, just watch. But they've got a top 15 team and will probably have 6,000 people there. It's embarrassing. But none of that really matters. I think Iowa State will lose this game by like seven. That's my that's my prediction. No, super fair analysis. I remember, yeah, what that place was like and kind of some of the recent tough games. I've been impressed, quite honestly, with the Sooners team. I just think this is one of those games, you know, both teams have really good guard play. I think I like maybe the different options a little bit more uh, for Iowa State. I like some of their physicality down low. And, you know, similar to what we were saying in football, kind of some of the games where, most people wouldn't expect them to win. I think they pull it out. So I've got the Cyclones. I think we both got them, yeah, one and one to open uh, conference play, but reversing the games for me. Yeah, and the the thing with Oklahoma, I think I got to give Cyclone Larry credit on this take. I think they've got a little bit of 21 Iowa State in them. Super hot non-conference team, but they might struggle more than they think in big 12 play and dip back kind of, of course, higher to where they were projected because I think they were picked 13th. If I'm not crazy, that might be, that might be, I might be overselling that, but either way, they were picked. I thought it really was 11th, low. but yeah, maybe yeah. they were picked really low and I think they'll still finish better than where they were picked in that like maybe seven, eight range, but they're not, I don't think they're the third best team in the conference. I just, I yeah. just don't, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you on that too. Aiden, any, uh, have you watched any OU hoops and did we forget to add anything that might be of importance? No, I'm going to be honest. I've been a bad basketball fan this year. I haven't watched a ton <laughs> of, uh, big 12 hoops outside of when Oklahoma beat Iowa, but yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you even do with that? You, you know, yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, Badgers, Badgers beat Iowa last night. Either one of those teams, it's just like both teams have kind of been random this year. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, take one game as no, anything totally. more than one game. And it's, Yeah, they can score a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm with you. It's not a – when you play the Hawkeyes, it's not a test of physical or mental toughness. Let's just say that much. It's just a matter of if the ball goes in or not as you I'm sure saw last night, but uh, that's going to do it. It's been, it's been kind of an all over the place show. My brain is still scrambled eggs. I'll be, uh, I'll be locked in this next week. Big 12 hoops. It's uh it's one of my favorite times of the year. We've got just nothing but college hoops for the next three months. And I have no complaints. We'll be back next Wednesday. That'll be the day after the Houston games. So expect nothing but reactions to that one. And then I want to talk some women's hoops next week too. They've got good test tonight against Kansas, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in to firmly entrenched on Iowa. Thanks Heartland flags, steeple Ridge bourbon. We're in the channel seed studios. Iowa everywhere.